Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. So let's go to 2 Kings. Get in trouble here. Brother and Sister Galleon, we love you so much. Our confidence is so high in your leadership. Just amazing leaders. Let's let's jump in at at verse 9. We preached last week about angels both those that have fallen and those that have not. And uh, I'm, I'm in this realm right now of entertaining the heavenlies. If you want to entertain the heavenlies, you've got to worship God. And if you're really going to worship God, you've got to know God. And if you want to know God, you've got to pray. <laughs> you've got to pray. You've got to read His Word. You've got to seek Him. Verse 9. Verse 9, I'm going to read 9, 10, 11, and 12. And then we're going to jump down and read a few more. And the man of God, verse 9, sent unto king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for thither the Syrians are come down. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of and saved himself there, not once or twice. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled. For this thing he called his servants and said unto them, Will ye not show me which of of us is for the king of Israel? He basically said, we've got a spy. I want to know who it is. Somebody among us has turned. And one of the servants said, No, none my lord. O king, but Elisha the prophet that's in Israel, he tells the king of Israel the words you speak in your bedchamber. That must have been an odd moment. (laughs) Verse 15. Jump down just a couple of verses. And, And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host come past the city both with horses and chariots, And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? What are we going to do? What was Elisha's answer? Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Elisha could see something that the young man could not. Elisha prayed. Everyone say, Elisha prayed. Elisha prayed and he said, Lord... I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. And he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. I I want to preach for a little while this morning about the the power of a prophet's prayer. 
I think that God is, I really believe God is bringing prophecy to fulfillment right now in the world. I, I think it's happening. I think that there is not, you've heard this statement, so I don't mean it is cliche, but I, I feel like there is way more than revival coming. I think that revival is here. It is among us. And I want to be involved in what God is trying to do right now. How many would make that declaration? I want to be involved. I want to be involved. I want pastors that are here. I want to have revival here, but I want you to have revival at your church. Moms and dads, you're going back to your city. I want your family to have revival. I want your church, your, your home, your workplace. Would you throw your hands towards heaven? And would you pray that God would do what only he can do here today? Come on, every, every student, every regular saint, every visitor willing, would you pray, give us a demonstration of the Holy Ghost here today. Mm. God, we love you. We give you thanks and praise. Let somebody shout amen. amen. Before you're seated, tell someone near you, you ought to have a powerful prayer life. <clears throat> How many believe there was power when Elisha prayed? That this text is accurate. Now, if you will allow me, the shallow nature of this introduction. On some level, you'll have to allow me because I have the microphone. <laughs> I was, as you know, many of the home folks know, I lived in southern Illinois as a child and then there was a, a small portion of time where my dad took a job in Texas and, okay, And while we were there, that is the time in Cleburne, Texas, Brother Ashley was our pastor. It was there during a revival with Brother McDonald that my brother, my sister, and myself all received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And, and so that is a very significant three-year stretch in our lives. Um, but during that season, we would travel from... Texas to Illinois in a van. One of those big vans where the back seat, the bench would turn into a, a bed. How many know what I'm talking about right now? You'd pull on it. And if you could go to sleep, the trip would go so much faster. And uh, it was in that van. I'm going to tell on my dad right now. He's probably going to get on to me later. But it was in that van that there were a couple of different cassette tapes. Young people, cassette tapes are <laughs> durable plastic. <laughs> how, many, how, many has ever, how many has ever used a pencil to get your cassette tape back? Come in and a little sibling had been pulling... Yeah, 
song had end right in the middle of a song. Say, <laughs> side A, side B. Yeah, 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 memory lane. And we had a handful of tapes. Some of you remember the day of cassette tapes. Didn't it seem like there was always that couple of tapes that floated? We had a couple of tapes. One of the most famous, I've mentioned one time here before, but one of the most famous tapes in that particular van was by a guy by the name of Ray Stevens. <laughs> so, so young people are like, was he a preacher? <laughs> he was of a different genre. Ray, Ray Stevens uh, would, would take lyrics and he would form these humorous songs out of fictional scenarios. I'll never forget the first time I met James Wilson and he told me that he was from Pascagoula. Yeah, look at all the Ray Stevens fans. Anybody that wanted to act like you didn't know, you just told on yourself. I couldn't help but say something to him. I said, is that where the squirrel went berserk? And as nice as he could be, say, he said, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Never heard that before. But he had, Ray Stevens had this one song that I, I, I loved. I, I, um, I shouldn't have. I was just a little kid. But I did love it because it was about wrestling. Brother Marshall, the song was called Blue Cyclone. Some of y'all know. I felt it. And uh, there's, this, there's this line in the song. I, I was, it, it was over 30 years ago. Just in case you think your kids aren't listening. They're listening. It's been over 30 years later and I can still remember a part of that, of that song. And, and really, the, the, whole, the whole song is ridiculous. It's just a work of fiction where a guy that has, has gone to a wrestling match and he's tried to fight against this wrestler that's called the Blue Cyclone. And I know some of you preachers are thinking, I can't believe he's talking about Blue Cyclone. But he gets absolutely whipped by the Blue Cyclone. Gets sent to the hospital. And the doctor tells him, you need to leave the blue cyclone alone. In fact, he tells him, he says, one of these days you ain't coming back. But the guy laid there in the hospital and he, and he, and he said, I think I, I, could actually, I could actually beat him. And so he told one of his buddies, the buddy that was supposed to be there to help him. And that buddy told him, he said, I don't, I don't know. I wanted to help you, but the door locks must have jammed. Because I couldn't get out to help you. But there's this one line, he he told him, he said, I've got some boys that'll help us fight. He said, two, two big old boys, and they, they love to fight. And so whoever it was, Ray Stevens or the main character or whatever, he said, okay, this is awesome. So he found out where the blue cyclone would be, and those guys had agreed to help him fight. And it says that he's there, and there's the guy, there's the wrestler or the wrestler if you're from the south. And And in the lyrics... He says, hey, Cyclone, you see those two big dudes over there? The Cyclone looked and said, over where? He said, I turned around and they were gone. <laughs> I've never forgot that line. 
about this. Some people are a lot more talk than action. Some people are pretty tough until it comes time to fight. Might I make it slightly spiritual? Many people say they will fight for the Lord until. And I will submit to you that in this, in this moment, Elisha has a confidence that a young man, a servant, does not have. And it is based on perspective. Perspective will change the way you rationalize the scenario. Elisha's perspective was different than the young man's perspective. And the uniqueness of the text was in our reading, typically Elisha was the young man. Most of our preaching to our young people, when we speak about the young man or the new prophet, it was Elisha. But in this scenario, the servant or the Bible calls the young man is with him. And Elisha has a supreme level of faith. The kind of faith that has put him in a, in a place of conversation with God, that he knew the statements from the inner the inner chamber of the king. Every preacher in here will know there are sometimes God shows things you wish he didn't. There have been times God has shown me things I wish I did not know. But Elisha had such a relationship with God that he was able to move and maneuver and call shots at the right place and the right time. And yet there was a son, listen, there was a son or a servant as it were that was in proximity to the prophet but not able to see what the prophet could see. Proximity alone does not make you spiritual. Can I tell every incoming student and every returning student, just being at college won't make you godly. Just showing up and being around Brother Gallion, yeah, it'll, it'll do you some good. Being around Brother Brown, Brother Turner, it'll do you some good. But proximity alone, at some point, at some point, the young man, in order to build faith of his own, has got to see what the prophet is seeing. I'm going to tell you something. That's what Indiana Bible College is really all about. We thank God for what he's done for the elders. But our prayer is that the next generation, that the young men and the young women will not only be in proximity to the man or the woman of God, but let us see that God is fighting on our behalf. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, and so the prophet prays. And what does he pray? Grantland, he prays, let him see. And all of a sudden, he looks. And on the mountains, there's chariots of fire. 
Don't you see? Don't, you just allow it. Don't, don't, don't read through it so quickly or think through it so, so quickly that you don't take time to see a crooked smile stretch across the face of a young man that has gone from distress was just overwhelmed. One prayer earlier. Sometimes it's one prayer. Sometimes it's one prayer. It's one prayer meeting. Elisha didn't have some long eloquent thing. He just arched his back and said, Lord, let him see what I can see. And all of a sudden, one prayer later, a young man said, wait a minute. I can see it now. I can understand it now. I wish everybody in the building would know. They that are for us are more than they which are against us. I understand things are rough in the world. World, but if God be for us, I understand. Hear me right now. I know that there are health trials, but I also see the mountains full of the chariot of fire. I know that there are financial difficulties, but I see the mountains full of the host of the Lord. Why aren't you intimidated of the Syrians? I'll tell you why I'm not intimidated of the Syrians. Because God is fighting for us. God is fighting. I know you hear it, but if we really believe that, going to church would never be a challenge. Preaching with the preacher would never be a challenge. Praying powerful would never be a challenge. If we could pray like the mountains were full. If we could... I'm telling you, here's how I believe it. While I might not be able to see it in the physical, I believe that the angel of the Lord is in this house. I believe that there are miracles and signs and wonders. In this place. That's why our faith is not in the words of men. But our faith is in the words of God. Uh-huh, uh-huh. How about I just give you a modern example? Is that okay? And I wouldn't I would not embarrass them for anything. Where's Chris Dockstetter? Chris and, and Tracy. Right back here. Called me yesterday morning. And I listen, we're just gonna praise God for a minute. Is that okay? We're gonna bring the family in to praise God. Was taken to the hospital. Called yesterday morning or Friday morning and we were on a, on a call and went into deep prayer because the doctors had told her she had to have brain surgery and, and the diagnosis was overwhelming and she, she's got a little issue from this wreck that she went through and had a little bit of a tear and, and, and they were talking about all of these debilitating procedures and, and scenarios and situations and, and she's a little bit slow in her speech right now as a result. Brother Chris, I don't know if you caught this or not but when she went to talking in tongues it was as rapid and powerful and thorough as anything I Sister Tracy I, I know that the Syrians were coming but from a hospital bed you just lifted your eyes and looked at the hill and I I know she's supposed to have some time of recovery, but when I laid hands on her just a little bit ago and I prayed, and I know they've told you about cognitive behavior therapy and some of the things that are ahead, but I laid hands on you knowing what I was preaching today and I looked to the hills and I said, you're bigger than this and you're better than this. 
In one, in one prayer meeting, it went from brain surgery to therapy. You don't have to believe it, but I believe there's power. I believe there's power. I believe there is wonder-working power when God's people that believe in the power of his name begin to call on him. I don't care what anybody says. I know you're able. I don't care what the doctors say. I know you're able. It doesn't matter what the lawyers say. I know you're able. I know, I know, I know, I know. Come on, if you know he's able, give him praise. Just give him praise. It'd be a good time for a miracle right now. It'd be a good time for a miracle right now. I don't know who I'm talking to exactly, but I'm telling you he's able. I'm telling you he's able. I could call out needs all over this church. I could call out needs with families and lawyer situations and finance issues. I could call them out, but I'd rather just ask God, open up their eyes, open up their eyes, open up. Come on, the same people that were not willing to fight yesterday, one prayer later, one prayer later, I want everybody in the building, I want you to throw your hands towards heaven and I want you to ask God, let me see. Let me see. Come on, pray. Let me, let me see what you're doing. Come on, I'm talking about in the spirit. In the spirit. In the spirit. I feel like I might even be preaching to some pastor that's overwhelmed. Some parent that feels like they're down to their last drop. I feel a boost in the faith coming for you right now. Come on, I feel a boost in faith coming right now. Lift up your eyes unto the hills from which cometh our help. Our help cometh from the Lord. I need somebody to pray until you visualize it. I need somebody to pray until your faith is so stirred. I see my help coming. I see my help coming. Woo! Come on, I need some mama to pray. I see them coming home. I need some daddy to pray. I see them being baptized in the name of the Lord. I need some young person to pray. I see it. I see it. I see it. I see the help of the Lord. I see that. I want a professional environment, but I want a powerful environment. I want a place where God can show up and just throw his weight around. Where the glory of where the glory of God can fill the house. You may be seated. Clap your hands as you're seated. We do that under the Lord. God, we love you. What's almost staggering to me is it's only, it's only a verse later, verse 18, when they came down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, don't let them see. 
Pastor Gallion, I'm going to tell you, um, if we're not careful, sometimes we pray without praying. <laughs> Who's ever been guilty of praying what you want more than what you need? Come on, you lie, you fry. Tell the truth right now. Here's my thoughts. My thoughts were kind of, uh, if the whole hillside is full, the whole mountain, right? The, the young dude, he saw, he saw the mountainside just filled, filled with chariots of fire before the song. I would have thought, Brother Hunter, let the Syrians see that. <laughs> I thought I would have prayed, God, let them see what they about to get whipped. Come on, don't act like you've never prayed. Instead of God bless them, you prayed God blast them, and you know it. You know it. Just whip them, Lord. You didn't say it in those words, but you know what you were thinking. If your heart could have really been audible, God, I wish you'd just get them real good. Just get them real good. And I think I would have prayed, let them see. But Elisha was so synced up with heaven. See, here's the beautiful thing about a prophet. The prophet could look toward the end of the thing, not just the right now. You need to pray prayers based on where you're going, not just where you are. Yeah. And Elisha, Elisha just prayed, open the young man's eyes. And then here's that whole group of Syrians. It's a, it's a band of Syrians. It's, it's a raid. It's an army. It's not the whole country. We're going to see that here in a minute. But, but, but it's, a, it's a raid. It was normative for the hour, the, the raid, the band of Syrians to come. And, and Elisha prayed, Lord, blind them. And when I'm reading the text, if I, don't, if I don't already know the rest of the story, when I'm reading the text, I'm saying, no, Elisha. Pray that they'll see. And Elisha says, shh. Lord, don't let them see. And the Bible says they couldn't see. And I don't know if it was a, I don't, it doesn't seem like it was a complete blindness, but a blindness to who he was. Because there's an enemy that wants to do destruction to the prophet. There was now and there was then and there is now a, a work of darkness that wants to silence the voice of the church. We, we cannot be ignorant of his devices. And he prayed for that blindness. He, he prayed and, and all of a sudden he begins to lead them. How many, how many knows this story? He begins to lead them. They're blind at the level of blindness that was so needed. And, and they begin to call unto them and begin to lead them. Until all of a sudden their eyes are opened in Samaria. And they see the great host around them. They're ready to be overtaken. And the king says, might I kill them? Seemed like a fair question. The Lord has delivered them into our hand. And Elisha said, you didn't catch them. You're not going to kill them. He says something so bizarre to me. Brother Brownie says, feed them. Feed them. Get bread. Get water. Give them provision. They came to 
They came to destroy, but wrath is the Lord's. <laughs> Be careful not to kill someone early. Lest God never get the credit for the miracle he's trying to accomplish. And so they feed them. And they send them on their way. And I'm telling you, the Syrians get flat mad. But there's never a raid that's sent out again. God can be saving pockets while people in certain levels have not yet received. Can I tell you that there are good people in bad parts? There are good people in rough areas. You cannot discount a person based on where they live. God was, God was helping. He was guarding. He was keeping. And it is, a, it is a somewhat twisted scenario of the warfare that is about to ensue. But at every step of the way, for the sake of your time, allow me not to flesh out every single scenario. But here's what you can read. Go read it in your own time. Read 1 Kings 6 or 2 Kings 6, 7. Read 8. Watch through it. Here's what happened. Elisha prayed. It happened. Wouldn't you like that every time you prayed, it happened? Nudge your neighbor and tell him, why don't you pray like that? I'm going to tell you right now if there was somebody in this building that every time you prayed they got healed all the ministers would be up here at prayer and your line would be all the way to the door other ministers would be looking at you like If every time you pray, but I want to talk to every young person, every pastor, every parent. I want to talk to everyone in here about why there was such power in the prayer of this prophet. He was a successful follower before he was ever a successful leader. He was a, he was a young man that knew how to walk away from what the world counted as glory. In fact, not only walk away, but there would be a sacrificial burning and destruction of the oxen so that he might follow. And follows with such a level of faithfulness that when Elijah tells him, stay, I'm leaving, he said, no, no, no. I'm going to follow you with faithfulness. I want you to turn back in your Bible just, 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 just a, a hair. I want you to turn back to the book of 2 Kings. And I want you to go with me to verse 9. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. We've preached that at every youth meeting from Dan to Beersheba. And he said, Thou hast... Asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass as they still went on and talked that behold, there appeared a chariot 
of fire. Mm. 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 There were horses of fire. Parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it. Elisha knew he needed the young man to see. Because it wasn't long ago that Elisha was the young man that saw. He knew it changed him when he got to see. He knew it changed the way he walked and talked and acted when he got to see. Elisha saw it and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more and he took hold of his own clothes and he rent them into pieces and he took also the mantle of Elijah from him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan here it is watch verse 14 and he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and he smote the waters and he said where is the Lord God of Elijah where is the Lord God of Elijah and when he had smitten the waters there parted they parted Hither, and they parted thither, and Elisha went over. You realize this was done right in the place at the school of the prophets where the sons of the prophets had already been tormenting him and telling him, you know that your master is about to leave you. And he had to ignore the naysayers and follow faithful. If you follow faithful, you will always do it by not listening to the people who try to get you to give up and the people that try to get you to give in and the people that tell you you'll never be powerful and you'll never amount to much. I'm talking to some college students now. You're not here because everybody was in your corner to get here. Some of you came at the expense of other degrees and you came by walking away from, but you're here because you knew I got to follow what the Lord has called me to do, what the Lord has asked me to do. So I'm going to tell you what I've been praying for you. I've been praying that God will open up your eyes and let you see things that nobody else has ever seen before. And everybody that tried to get you to walk away from your calling, I hope you're able to testify of miracles they've never got to see up before. That's what I'm praying. I'm praying that you'll be on. Forgive me if you think this is just rambunctious preaching, but I know what it means to watch the blind eyes be open. I know what it is to see a deaf ear get unstopped. I'm praying for you. Not just some else, I'm praying for you. At some point, Elijah will move on and Elisha has to see. But the power of Elisha's prayer is made relevant. Or is made aware in verse 14 where we just read. When he called on God, he called on the God of Elijah. If I'm going to be powerful in this day, it is not going to be with a new God. If I'm going to be powerful in this day and age, Brother Marshall, it's going to be because I have reached to a previous generation. A generation that I know has preached it and seen it. I can't imagine how many miracles you've seen. I, I can't imagine on the mission field how many things that you've... I know if you had your way right now, you'd... 
You'd be watching eyes open right now. But I got news for you every now and then. I need you to just know that the prayer I'm praying is not I want the God of some relevant secular crazy group out there that's trying to build large crowds. I want the God of our forefathers and the God of our elders that got... I want the God of the elders that said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Come on, Elisha. What are you going to pray? I don't want a new God. I want the God of Elijah. I want the God that's able to open up. I want the God that's able to deliver. I want the God of Elijah. And so just in case any college student might think that we're able to do this on talent, it's not because of talent. In case any college student might think you're able to get something accomplished here by ability, we're not about ability here. But if there's a college student that wants to get a hold of God and wants to know what has been passed down from generation to generation to generation... I tell you what it is. We've got the God of Elijah. He prayed with power because he prayed firmly fastened to the relational value of an elder. Teach me a new way to pray. Teach me some new gimmick. Teach me some new, give me some new three-step program. Just, just pray. Just get a hold of God. If there's voices in your life that are trying to make you question what the elder preached to you. If you thought coming to college was going to get you away from the voice of your pastor, you're wrong. Your pastor's trying to reach and save you from hell. Elisha, I don't want you to pray. I want you to pray to the God of Elijah. Well, my pastor thinks this is wrong, but I really don't agree with that. You're wrong. You're wrong. Elisha prayed, connected to the prophet Elijah. It was a critical thing. His prayers were powerful. Because his prayers reached back. But his prayers were powerful because his prayers reached forward. Can I tell you something? Advancement is never at the expense of the past, it's actually complementary of it. But I've got news for you, just in case you think it. I'm not praying to go back to the heydays of the 70s or the 80s or the 90s. I'm not praying to go back. I'm praying that Elijah's power. I'm praying that that power fuels our forward momentum. If I will do that, and if I will stay in alignment with my teaching, then I will stay in alignment with God. Elisha didn't say, it's my turn now. I'm going to pray what I want to pray. If Elisha would have prayed what he wanted to pray, the Syrians would have been smoked in that moment. He'd have prayed, get them, God, rather than keeping them. 
He knew there was a process ahead. We're not far from watching a situation in Samaria, which is one of the most grotesque, one of the most grotesque mentions of the entire text is found in this chapter, where a mother comes to the king who is himself in sackcloth upon his own body and says, We boiled her baby yesterday. I'm telling you, cannibalism had come as a result of famine, but famine had only become as a sense of besieging. They had besieged. because, And if you look back at it, you want to ask, God, what are you doing? But sometimes the process does not make sense at all. The process doesn't seem to line up, but Elisha never got nervous. Elisha never got overwhelmed in it because he was tied to the past and he was looking to the future. And I've got news for you, and I won't preach much longer, but I'm going to tell you the number one reason that I am not overwhelmed in our situation of our economy, the reason I'm not overwhelmed when it comes to things of COVID, and we can act like it's not on your mind, but it is, the reason I'm not overwhelmed when it comes to things of global war and issues, I'm going to tell you why I'm not. Because I got my eyes set on it. If you're overwhelmed, that's not the will of God. We got to be wise to His devices. But we are not meant to be overwhelmed and down and nervous. And I'm clinging to Elijah. But I'm looking to the future. I'm looking to what... Elijah told me a double portion could happen if I would stay to see him. I stayed. So bring it on. You know how I feel about this generation of apostolic young people? I feel like you're a remnant that the elders have got here. And it is your hour. It is your hour. It is your hour. It is your hour. Let me preach to the other pastors that are here right now. It is our hour. It is the hour for the church. Whether you're from Minnesota or St. Louis or, or Maryland. Whether you're from the East Coast or the West. Whether you're from the North or the South. I'm going to tell you what. I believe it's our hour. But if we're going to have power, we're going to have to get our prayers. We're going to have to get our prayers in alignment with the will of God, not the will of us. Stand with me all over this house. What is the will of God for this hour? See those two big dudes over there? Cyclone looked and said, over where? People will leave you. Some of you feel like you can't go forward because they did. You show up to church, you're here, but you've never been right since the divorce. You've never moved forward since they died. You've never moved forward since they lied on you. You show up, but you get no traction because your prayers are about your will and not His. We got to get our prayers in kingdom alignment. I'm tell, I, I believe with every fiber of my being that if we can get our prayers in kingdom alignment, He will show us things that we have never seen before. He will give us miracles that we have never seen before. He will allow us to experience. Here's what, here's what I want this morning. Here's what I want. 
if you're here today and you need, you need God to do a big thing in your life or a big thing in your family, you, you need God. You need to see the chair. I hear that you're for me. And part of me believes you're for but I need to see. I need to see this. Because right now all I'm seeing is bills that can't get paid. Right now all I'm seeing is doctor's reports that are over. Right now all I'm seeing. I'm talking to you right now. I'm asking you that without great petition, you just get out of your pew and come flood. I don't want you to even kneel. I just want you to come stand at this altar. Come stand. You need God to do something in your family. Come on, families. Come on, husbands, wives. 